Welcome to Pennsylvania in Focus. I'm Cole McNeely. Joining me today is the Center Square's Pennsylvania editor, Kristen Smith. Kristen, how are you? I'm okay. I'm just ready for Christmas. How are you? Well, when you say it that way, it really sounds like you're in the spirit of the season. No, I'm doing well. I'm actually excited for Christmas. I'm not, I'm, I was not actually convinced that you are excited for Christmas <laughs> from the way you said that. But if you say so, I'll take you at your word. Okay. All the parents listening will know exactly what I'm about to say and what I mean by it. I am excited for it. But as a mother and, fa- you know, a parent, let's just say, let's be inclusive. It is on me and my husband to make the Christmas magic happen. And as it's a lot more work than I think it was even in my childhood. Okay. There's Elf on the Shelf and like, you know, there's just, there's so much that kids Mm -hmm. need or want in order to make Mm -hmm. the season magical. So I'm just exhausted. I'm ready for it. Can't wait to see them open their presents, but I'm also exhausted. Well, yes, and and Kristen will have to be walk uphill both ways this Christmas season on Christmas Day. Um, and for the kids listening, Santa Claus is the true purveyor of magic. Kristen Smith, whenever she's reporting about who gives the magic of the the Christmas season, it's Santa. Why? What? I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm sure for all of our our child listeners out there, that was <laughs> I do, important. I don't know if we have big demographic of children listeners, but you never know. There could be a parent listening in a car, and their you know eight year old is in the back seat, being like, "Please turn this off." I am. I could care less about the the just group of bills that were passed earlier this month in the Pennsylvania Senate, which is what we're going to be talking about. Uh, Kristen, let's get to the news. So. Earlier this month, as I just mentioned, the Pennsylvania General Assembly, they voted on a a whole bunch of work. There was a whole bunch of stuff pushed through. So let's start with that. You and I were kind of talking before we recorded, and and you mentioned this was notable, especially for this year, uh, given the sheer amount that they were able to pass in a short time period. Yeah, last three days of the legislative year, I should say the last three days of the calendar year. So that was mid-December. They passed something like 80 bills over three days, which, if I am not mistaken, is more than they passed all year. So when that level of legislative activity happens, there's very little legislative review happening. And it also means that Things can slip through that might have been caught had they gone through the traditional vetting process. And, and so that's where we're at right now. And, and our own Anthony Hennon from the Center Square, he wrote a story earlier this week talking about actually a specific Senate bill that was passed through in that that group of bills. Uh, it's Senate Bill 863. For those of you at home that want to look it up, it actually gained unanimous approval in the Senate, but there were some votes against it in the House. But this one in particular is drawing quite a bit of attention to it, you know, because of that lack of vetting, or at least that's what critics of this bill being passed would say. What's the story behind? this Senate bill. So this bill would require testing, urine testing for fentanyl and xylazine in emergency rooms. The idea behind it is that a lot of people coming in who are overdosing don't even realize that they've ingested or otherwise taken something with fentanyl in it. Um, And even xylazine, as we know, which is also called Trank, it's a horse tranquilizer, um, It is more prevalent in street drugs these days. And so supporters say that more testing will save lives because then healthcare practitioners will know, okay, this is in their systems. You know, this is how we can treat them. The, the, the problem here is that a lot of people say, in theory, it sounds great. Uh, but in practicality, it is not because it's just a bunch of 
data collection requirements on healthcare providers who are already really strained. It's not going to change anything about how these people are treated. And right now they're just saying, let's let's collect this information, but what are we really going to do with it? There's concerns that this is going to prevent people from seeking help because of the stigma and that there's already this, this stigma within the healthcare community about patients that test positive for these, these sorts of drugs. So they just think it's, it's really unnecessary. Um, and that it, it, there's, it has a good intention behind it as I would say a lot of these, these bills do. But again, because of the rush process, there just really wasn't time to fine tune it the way that some lawmakers think it needed to be. Yeah, and that that seems to be there. There's twofold criticism. Again, as, as you kind of said, it seems like the criticism around this bill. Yes, there there is some things about the exact points of the bill of of argument of okay, is this really going to do much? But on the flip side, it seems like there's as much criticism about the process as to how this bill got passed in the first place. You know, it it got rushed through with a whole bunch of other bills and how this entire collection was passed through. Because again, the, the bill itself had, had unanimous approval in the Senate and, and yet detractors in the House, but not a tremendous amount of detractors. Uh, but it does seem like there's been, you know, quite a bit of, you know, conflict or, or issue taken with how the bill got passed and how these bills got passed and that the perceived lack of, of kind of foresight on this one in particular is a little bit of a indication of the process as to how these bills got passed is that it was that was a mouthful Kristen and I know it was but I think is is that kind of a fair way to look at this story as a whole yeah that that is an apt description of the situation I think it's nothing new for lawmakers in Pennsylvania to complain about the process of how bills get passed the rush nature of this one seems to rise above some of the other more traditional arguments that you would hear as far as you know, this was pushed through committee too fast. We didn't really have a time to debate it on the floor. But given the time crunch that they were at under, this is, is a more unique circumstance. Not only was it rushed through committee, not only was there not a lack of um, ability to amend it or even discuss it on the floor, you had the added issue that there's three days left or there was three session days left in 2023. And a lot of these bills it was really important to them to have passed before 2024. So that's where that, that is truly the the overarching argument here. Um, I'm sure that this will mean as with many bills, many of which were passed under great deliberation. Um, it'll probably come back around as having some unintended consequences that they're going to have to go and tighten up through the years. So sometimes the legislature has this habit of passing rough drafts rather than, you know, finalized versions of things. And so I think that that's probably what we're going to, we're seeing in this situation. I also liken it to what happens at the, the federal level quite often. You hear about this particularly around this time of year when they're trying to ram budget bills through. Um, they drop like 2000 page budgets or doc or bills and they require Congress to vote and you have all of these voices saying like, how the heck am I supposed to read this in 24 hours? It's the same sentiment, but on a smaller scale. Certainly an issue across the country, but you know, we're seeing it right here in the, the Pennsylvania Senate and uh, legislature as well. So, well, Kristen, thank you very much for the update on that. Listeners, you can keep up with that story and more at thecentersquare.com. For Kristen Smith, I'm Cole McNeely. Please subscribe and thanks for listening. 
Knowledge is power, and you deserve to know what happens in your state government. That's why the nonprofit Franklin News Foundation is bringing you straight news journalism through the center square, reporting on state authorities and publishing stories that show where your money goes and who spends it. By supporting the center square, you can track politicians' use of taxpayer money and demand transparency from elected officials. This is how we can equip everyday Americans to hold their government accountable. Become a supporter of Franklin today at franklinnews.org donate.